Hey everybody, and welcome to the Ellensburg Post podcast. In this episode, we interview Pat Waddell, a longtime Cleelum resident, dude rancher, and well-known throughout the community. Let's welcome Pat Waddell. Okay, we are recording. Uh, Pat Woodall, local Cleelum resident. Now, before we get started, tell me just a little bit about. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in Baker, Oregon, in 1927, which was two years after the first dude ranch in Oregon, Washington, and I think Idaho was started. And for the next 25 years of my life, I was in the dude ranch business. And how did you get into dude ranch? How did you get into the dude ranch business? (laughs) Uh, My mother was a concert pianist on the coast, on, on the east coast in Boston, and my dad was a pioneer rancher in Oregon, and she happened to hear him sing in Baker at the Elk Jubilee, and she said, where did you get the professional talent? And her host said, he's not professional, he's a cattle rancher. So she wanted to meet him, and they met, and he he turned to his nephew, who was his age, and said, that's the woman I'm going to marry. And his nephew said, oh, Tom, you can't marry her. She's an old, she's too old for you. Tom was 22, 21. My mother was, she was an old maid of 29. <laughs> but anyway, they got married and uh, they went back east, and he was on the stage in, in Metropolitan. Did He was successful, but it never pays well. And of course, he had to come home to see his mother, his family, after five years, four years. And when they came home, she brought some friends with her to stay at the ranch for the summer. And when they got ready to leave at the end of the summer. They tried to pay my grandmother money. And my grandmother, who had crossed the plains in 1879, 69, my grandmother said, oh no, I've never charged anyone to stay at my ranch. So she wouldn't accept the money. And so they said, well, if you'd start a dude ranch, we could always come and spend any time we wanted. And they all said, what's a dude ranch? And they were, the mother's friends explained to them that wealthy people often paid ranchers and farmers a sum of money to come and live with them for the summer or for a period of time and experience 
a bit of the real Wild West. Oh, and Dad says, you mean we could have paying guests and all we had to do is what we only do, only more of it? And they said yes. And that's how the Dude Ranch started. How many acres did they have? I think uh, it was all of the family had acres adjoining. Okay. And so, including the Rouses, who were married to my aunt, it was 20,000 acres. Oh my goodness. But that was, you know, our oh, right, dude right. ranch. It was the whole okay. complex. And that was in Oregon? Yes, Baker, Oregon. And your dad was a concert pianist? No, my mother was a, con she graduated from the New England Conservatory of Music as a concert pianist. Okay. She had to come west because of, to stay at Denver because she had TB. Okay. And my dad was a, was raised on a cattle ranch. Okay. And so he was a westerner, but he had a natural voice. He could sing. He could sing. And his older sister paid for the teacher there in Baker to give him singing lessons. And uh, it was because of that that he was on the program at the Elks Jubilee. So your, their friends recommended that they convert a portion of that property into a dude ranch. Mm -hmm. so, so how did you let people know that you had a dude ranch? Uh, In Oregon? Yes. Well, they, they continued to do, go to New York to be on the stage. And mother took it upon herself she was a greenhorn of the first magnitude. She knew how exciting seeing a cowboy and seeing cattle in the Wild West, how exciting it was. She knew, they didn't know, they thought it was boring. She knew and she took it over on herself and she knew she had to get very wealthy people because to spend the whole summer and then you, it took a week to get there, you know. So she had to have expensive, very wealthy people. So she, she started advertising. Her friends that went to the Oregon ranch that summer, their father was an editor at a Boston newspaper. So he told her where to advertise and how to advertise. She did such a good job of advertising that within a year they had a request from Germany to be in their magazine. <laughs> I have all of that information on letters that were exchanged between the family, Boston and New York, uh, and uh, down in Baker. So, so, so your mom goes from a concert pianist to a dude ranch. Yes, she was. She was. She. It set her on fire. She. Oh, she loved, loved it. it. Okay. She, because she could be out on the ranch and entertain wealthy people that she wanted to be in touch with. Okay. That's my feeling about okay. it. 
and she played music. Oh, that yes. That was part of the... They never stopped it. Her music was her life. Okay. Her piano is still here. And and all of the concert, the um, concertos and thing, the music okay. I have. Yeah. Oh. Um. The, let's see. They were su successful enough, and they had these wealthy people. Then 1929, the crash came on. Right. And I have letters from the were at the ranch <clears throat> the day of the crash, and how they got a wire saying, return home immediately. <clears throat> they packed their bag and took off in their car. And a letter from one of the members of the family said we got home and we had enough paper to paper a house that was all worthless. Oh, okay. We, we, we were in touch with them for years but they never had, never recouped the money. So is that when you moved from Oregon to? Oh no, no, the ranch continued on. But then, instead of big expensive, big people that had lots of money, during the depression, people still had jobs. Okay. Not everybody was in the soup line, but nobody had a lot of money. So we started getting, people that came for a week or two weeks. They were secretaries in Portland. They didn't come to the ranch to express, experience the real Wild West. They were already as far west as they could go. Okay. So they wanted to come and ride a horse and be entertained. For a shorter period of time. Period of time. That's what they said. Um, when we moved to war, we continued that ranch until uh, 1941, and um, the war. We didn't have it. We had a pretty good summer. That summer before 1940, uh, 1941, and then the war hit. Now we're. 45 miles from Baker from a train, and we're 300 miles from Portland. Gas rationing makes it almost impossible for guests, even if they could afford it, to come. And trains were all turned over to the tr troop movements, and, and it just happened that at the same time we were needing a ranch to go to, mother and dad heard about this ranch in, in uh, outside of Ellensburg, Lazy F. They had a dude ranch. Their son-in-law was running it. The war comes on. He says, I'll be, I'll be uh, drafted if I'm running a dude ranch. So he went to farming. So they needed somebody to run the dude ranch. What perfect thing. We stepped in. All we, all we did is just bring ourselves. Did you sell your other dude ranch? No, dad kept it. Okay, you kept that dude ranch and you heard of an opportunity. It was, it was the, what was kept. 
well, the, the buildings were there. Right. But that didn't matter. There was still the farmland and the pasture land, and, and there's half of the ranch was belonged to other members of the family, so they just continued running it. So you so, did, okay. So it was uh, our part of that dude ranch was still in our name, but they were using it. Where was the Lazy S? Was that? Um, Lazy F. Lazy F. Yeah. Was Lazy, that? That was outside of Ellensburg, about 15 miles up the Menashtash Canyon. Okay. Okay. And uh, that had five cabins, big lodge, and the one thing that Mother always wanted at our cabins was inside plumbing. We never had inside plumbing. It was pretty pioneer and no electricity until 1939. But up here in Ellensburg, now we're short distance from Seattle, close to the railroads and bus depot, people could get there. Okay. And with all the employment at the defense plants, people could had jobs. So we were running full tilt bigger than we had ever done at Diamond and a Half. Instead of 10 or 15 people, we had 20 and 30. And at, when they came and went on Sunday, some crowds going and the other crowd coming, we'd have 50 people. So you moved from Oregon because you saw a better opportunity here, or was it because you're, you're, someone had to farm or tell me again, Pat, okay. why did, what was the main reason from, for moving from Oregon to uh, the Lazy F? At, after 1941, the late Diamond and a Half was unable to operate. Okay. Be, because of the distance. Okay, okay, you mentioned that. Okay, yes. I got it. That makes sense. So you, you, how did you? Go ahead. How did you hear about the, the lazy? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But we had guests that had come from Yakima and Ellensburg okay. to the Diamond and a Half. Okay. In All right. fact, uh, an air, two airplanes landed at the Diamond and a Half in 1933 and they came from Yakima. How long were you at the Lazy F? Before you, before? Um, we went there in 42, 40, the fall, no, 43 we opened up, and we left there in 48 or 49. Okay. And then yeah, you, right in there. And then you went, then you moved to Sky, Sky Meadows? Well, uh, then the war quit. Okay. People started driving right on past Lazy F and headed out someplace else to go vacationing. Business dropped. And uh, the people we were leasing from, they were getting discouraged too. They wanted us, it was a doctor and his wife in Seattle. So mother and dad were going to buy the Lazy F. But by the time they got through 
dickering and hemming and hawing and figuring things out, the two women who didn't much like each other got into a fight <laughs> of who did what and who owed okay. what and okay. who. And ended up that they didn't want to sell to the, us and we didn't want to buy from them. And dad wanted to go back to Diamond and a Half. And mother said, no, I'm not going back there. We're going to find a new place. Now, they didn't have that much money. And mother let it known, we had another year on our lease. So mother let it known at the dinner table that we are looking for another place to go, you know. Well, Mr. Pizer, who was a lawyer, said, I'm handling a, an estate that's being sold. Let's go over and take a look at it. And so they went over and looked at it, and it was that old house in the old barn, like Mother called the barn picturesque. Yes. And the house, well, how did that work? Anyway, both of them are derelicts, but one was picturesque. The house was a derelict. And this was, this was up at Sky Meadows? No, no, I no, mean, uh, no, 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 this is Hidden Valley. Okay. Oh. And Dad, to swing that sale, Dad had to sell his diamond and a half. And that broke his heart because huh. that's where he had been born. His dad and mother had homesteaded oh, it. Okay. And that's and they started in. We got <clears throat> the fall of forty eight. We left Lazy F. All of our stuff was over at Hidden Valley. I mean at, yeah, Hidden Valley. In the farmhouse, we bought two, two ranches that were adjoining. And one had a house we could live in, and uh, we started <clears throat> building in the spring, and were opened and running 1st of June. <laughs> now that house was the kind of house that one of our guests that went over to see what it looked like, you know, and admire the scenery, was afraid to walk into it for fear it'd fall down. And you know how bad that was. And hunters had used it, and there was broken windows, you know, used it to camp in. Mother had an idea of how it would work, and it did. I don't know. I, there's so many stories to go with it. Hidden Valley, the Sky Meadows. No. Hid, Hidden, Hidden Valley. Valley. You guys, yeah. you Hidden were down Valley. in Hidden Valley for five years, or? Uh, we down, they were down there at um, 49 to 50, 57. Okay. Well, they got a. They sold out, they took in a partner because they never could figure out, they never could make it do, make it pay. Okay, okay. Wow. Um, and so Hidden Valley, you guys were there and the, were your customers coming from Seattle? Seattle 
And then, of course, we got some from. And one thing about this, see, at the time we were getting ready to move to Hidden Valley, we were in. I was going. I went to college at the university down there. It was college then, and that was the year, forty-six, I think, forty-seven, right in there. That was the year. There was a prostitute in Cleelum that was killed, and there was a big trial down there. And that's when I learned that Cleelum's second industry was prostitution, big time. Because I mean, in the campus there, you know, there was no talk of anything else. And so, when we moved from Cleella, from Ellensburg, with a nice address of Ellensburg, with a, a nice little college town, to a house, to a address that's known for its prostitution, I was kind of embarrassed. Um, that's pretty funny. So Ellensburg had a better brand than Cleella. Uh, well, I was. Uh, it was just me. Well, <laughs> but but then when we get moved up here, you know, where I don't know what street it is. So it used to be Old Safeway, and then it turned into Cavallini's Restaurant. Well, right behind that was Kirkwood's feed feed store. Okay. And so I, we were there. We had the farm, you know, and and I drive up to there, to Kirkwood's, to get feed for the chickens, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking out and across the street, just right behind what's Bo's restaurant now, I think. Okay. There was a woman standing in a doorway, and she had a cute little party costume on. So I go back, and that night at dinner, <clears throat> I tell, Everybody, I said, you know, I think there's a, a show in oh. <laughs> in town because I saw a woman with oh my a goodness. costume. Okay. And then everybody started to laugh, and so I knew the show she was in was oh. not a musical. Okay, that is hilarious. Um, let's see what. Oh. And then you guys moved up to Sky Meadows after Hidden Valley. <laughs> Well, it wasn't Sky Meadows, but there they are. They've sold a half interest. They sold a half interest in Hidden Valley, and the 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 um, partnership didn't work out, and they refused to sell back to Mother oh. and Dad. So Mother and Dad had to buy them out. Okay. Okay. Whichever way that went, anyway, they didn't. Mother had to have another dude ranch. Dad didn't had already sold hidden little diamond and a half. So we start looking for a place with a view, and we went around Leavenworth and all that. Then we went up Casasa Road, got up there. 
to an old derelict barn, got out, turned around, and there was this whole massive view spread Magnificent. And all four of us said, this is it. Okay. But fortunately, in both cases, both in Hidden Valley and at Sky Meadows, both ranches had water already piped in, which was a magnificent plus. Okay. We didn't have to drill a well and all that expense. Hidden Valley, right from the top of the ridge across the way, came down the hill, gravity force, put it right to the house. Magnificent. Same thing over there, Sky Meadows. Okay, Pat, I'm just, I'm wondering why, are there dude ranches, do they still exist in the U.S.? Not, not the way we did them. Impossible. People want more. You can't get the kind of help we had. I mean, oh. in those days, the cook, you hire a cook, they're farm cooks. They'd start the morning at six o'clock and quit at nine at night when, with an afternoon break. You don't find that anymore. You okay. can't afford. Okay put a dude ranch wow. and people are always trying to sue. Oh no. Okay. It, it, and you just, uh, okay. I just, I always wondered that. Um, they do, they do, but they're not, not the kind of dude ranch. We couldn't, it, it, it wouldn't have survived. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, I might want to interview you again, though. This is pretty good history on... I want to tell you one thing about Cleellum. Okay. It was a quiet little town. Quiet. And Dad and Bud decided when they just moved from Ellensburg to Cleellum, we'll go in and get a haircut. They walk in and see a haircut. A barber shop, open. They go in, sit down. They sit, sit. Pretty soon, Dad says, he gets up, stands over to the chair, and says, "Next." So Bud gets in the chair, and Dad starts cutting his hair. He's a good hair cutter. <laughs> Pretty soon, the barber, who's been off having a cup of coffee, comes back, and Dad says. Have a seat, I'll be with you. <laughs> <laughs> and the man says, I'm the barber. And Dad says, I'm Tom Whited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. That is funny. So, but that was it. If you could walk out of your store and not worry. And you, you met Margaret Carpenter. Oh, yes. What was she like? Well, actually... My daughter knows more about, my daughter was a little girl and went to play with Susie. Okay. So she would know more about Mark. I, her nephew, she had her nephew come out and spend at my home out on Peel Point during the summer when he was there. So he stayed 
with us. He was a nice fellow. He's a little kid, but no. I, I, she was a, I don't know, didn't know her too well. But you got involved in the historic society. You were, I think I read where you were one of the initial founders of the well, Carpenter House and the Telephone Museum. Well, I'm not much help there. I was, uh, I was involved, but I think there were other people that were more active, you know. Okay. I was more vocal support. Now, what do you think Cleellum's going to look like in 50 years? <laughs> oh, it sure won't be the same. Okay. I'm afraid <clears throat> it's going to be like Issaquah. Okay. That's what I'm afraid of. We, we, we're not fighting hard enough to preserve what we do have, you know, even if it's, <laughs> you know, the old things, the old. Yeah, we, we need to fight harder for what we've got. Okay. Well, uh, oh, one more question. If you had a friend come out and visit for the, a weekend or for a few days, what would you tell them to do? <laughs> well, I'd have them go and see some of the sights around, you know. Uh, I'd always tell them to go to Roslyn. <laughs> go to Roslyn? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, they've kept the old buildings. And I would tell them to go up to Sky Meadows and look at the view. Okay. See what we've got there. Wow. Go inside and see some of those things. Okay. Uh, now, see, I, I never was a fisherman. If you were, or wanted to go hunting or hiking or something like that, I'd put them in touch with somebody that knew more about that. Okay. But. Uh, All right. Well, let's let's wrap this one up. But I, I might I might want to sneak you in and do chapter two, Pat. You you you. But the trouble is, I get to talking and I won't shut up. That's what we want. That's exactly <laughs> what we want to happen, though. So. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I, I think, again, it would be good to get to, back together so you can share with me what Cleellum was like or how you enjoyed oh. living in Cleellum and how it, it just seems like a good community. I, I like the community, and you've been here for a long time. So, yes. Yes. Let's do that. Let's plan on getting together again, <laughs> okay. if that's okay. Okay. All right. We'll try. Well, thanks again, <laughs> Pat. You bet. Well, a big thank you to Pat for taking time for this interview. And thanks for listening. <laughs>